This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. The Zoomerplex has been a popular place here today. We've had the federal finance minister visit. We had the provincial health minister on the phone. Uh, it's uh, uh, It's been a high-end day for politicians here at Zoomer Media. It's also one of those unique times when both Libby and I are here together <laughs> on Fight Back. Welcome back from vacation, Libby. Thanks. Nice to see you, Jane. Nice to see you, and I've told everyone that you'll be here tomorrow for Free for All Friday to talk about the news of the week. Libby has spent part of her day with Finance Minister Bill Morneau, and so did Mike Powell, President of the Canadian Federation of Pensions who also joins us in studio. Welcome, Mike. Thank you very much. Libby, you were a host of a CARP town hall here at the Zoomerplex with Bill Morneau. And um, since you're the reporter here in the duo, why don't you first give us an idea of what Bill Morneau told CARP members in the audience this morning? Uh, It was really good to see him. And and the one thing that I'm taking away from it, he seems to be a very good listener. What comes out of all that listening? Well, that, of course, is another question. So we started by going over, he went over what his government has already done for the older demographic. And what came through for me on that is that they've had a few measures like improving the uh, GIS, also increasing in the last budget, we saw the amount of money that you can earn before your old age security is clawed back, that increased a bit. So uh, that's what they've done so far to help people who are at the lower end of the income scale. And the rest of it seems to be not top of mind. And maybe they'll think about it. Because basically, when, when I started the town hall, I said, you know what, we're all here because we're living longer. And we have to adjust the way we approach the life cycle, the way we approach age milestones, and and the way we fund our longer lives. So they haven't quite got to that part yet, but they seem to be listening. And, And he was here even beyond the town hall, which went for a bit over an hour. He was here in meetings with various groups, including Mike. So I think they really are listening. And the one thing that they do understand are demographic votes. Well, you made it clear during the program this morning that 98% of the 320,000 CARP members will go out to vote. It would make sense for Bill Morneau to spend the morning with CARP based, right. based on that alone. And, and beyond CARP members, the older demographic votes in overwhelming numbers. Mike, what impressed you about the finance minister's presentation? Well, I think he was very open. Um, they've made, the federal government has made moves in this budget to address some of the uh, inequality in the way pensioners are dealt with in insolvencies. Um, and he seems fairly open to talk about alternatives to solutions. Um, and that's a positive, that, that we can continue this dialogue. Uh, we appreciate that uh, the the ministry did put items in the budget that 
made small steps forward, not nearly enough, didn't really address the real problem of pension security, but did make changes. And this is the first time in a long time any government has made substantial changes to the insolvency legislation. Was, uh, the, the issue, of course, is when you have unfunded pension liabilities uh, and uh, pensioners, they're just they're unsecured creditors. So what CARP and others have wanted, they want pensioners to go to the top of the line. So what I got from that, that that wasn't a priority. He made one interesting point, I thought. He said that any changes they make, there are very few people who still have defined benefit pensions. Of course, those who do are counting on it because they're not in their work years anymore. And he made the point that any changes can can reduce the number of companies offering those benefits further so they balance that. I, I hadn't thought of that before. Uh, but again, you know, my impression was that, you know, those aren't the priorities, that their priorities are lower income seniors, and they're not that worried about the rest. I, I also want to put this out to you listening, if you didn't have an opportunity to see the live streamed event on the CARP website. How do you think, we've had the Trudeau Liberals in power now for three years, how do you think the Trudeau Liberals have handled issues for older Canadians? Have you seen any positive changes to your life or the lives, say, of your aging parents? And what would you still like to see done? You can call in 416 360 00740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. Libby, when you were with the finance minister on the stage here at the Zoomerplex, you used a real life example of what CARP members are asking of the federal government. Well, that's right. Okay. And uh, I'm talking about RIF withdrawals. Right now, at the age of 71, you have to convert your registered retirement savings to an income fund, and you have to start drawing it down whether you need it or not, and pay tax on it. So here's an example. Again, my husband, he's older. And, you know, we're not people that you have to worry about. We're well off. But he has a full-time job. He actually has a full-time job where he's earning the most money of his career. In his Zoomer years. In his Zoomer years. He uh, he also uh, draws CPP. He already deferred his CPP, but he has to take it now. And on top of that, he has to take 4% out of his retirement savings. And every single dollar of that is, is taxed at the highest marginal tax rate. We, we, uh, talked to the accountant before we went on a holiday and th this tax bill is staggering. It's, it is really staggering. And I'm not saying you should feel sorry for us, but the thing is, he's an incredible specimen. We are going to see a lot more healthy Zoomers like that because we're all living longer and better. He's going to live to a hundred. And the more money that you take now, the government takes now when he doesn't need it, it just increases the chance that he's going to run out when he gets to be really old because, uh, I guess that he will get to be really old. So that's what I'm talking about. You know, I don't think that. We should be at the top of the line of people to take care of. But I think that that whole piece of just rethinking the whole thing, that hasn't, I haven't, you know, seen an indication of that. Because, again, you know, it's not going to help the government if they have to support him when he's 100. Okay, well, here's what Bill Morneau said when Libby offered that personal example. 
we recognize that people are living older. It's generally really great news. Yes, uh, yes. And uh, realize that some policies like that do have uh, an impact on, on more middle-income or higher-income seniors, for sure. Uh, and it's something I think we need to continue looking at. The challenge is always in crafting a budget to think about where are you going to be able to have uh, the biggest positive impact on the people who are in in the most difficult situation in the first instance, and then the biggest positive income on the next cohort of people who are just looking to make sure that their lives are working effectively. So as you said, Libby, he said the big focus is on Canadians, older Canadians, who need every penny to make their lives work. Absolutely. 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Have you been impressed by the Trudeau Liberals so far? They want to be re-elected this October. It makes perfect sense that Bill Morneau, the finance minister, the right-hand man of the prime minister, has spent the morning here at the Zoomerplex talking to CARP members, live-streaming to CARP members across the country, some 320,000 strong, 98% of whom will go out and vote this fall. He wants the older vote. Are you going to give it to them? Will you be electing or helping to elect the re-elect the Trudeau Liberals? We want to hear what you think. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. You, Libby, you mentioned at the top of the show that there has been a lot of distraction from what the Liberals have been trying to do with SNC. Absolutely. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you know, um, the, the minister, Bill Morneau, was was in here right at the very, very beginning. And I know that I very gingerly said to him, you know, I really have to bring this up. Uh, but what about this thing? And it was before Jody Wilson-Raybould testified. And he said, no story here. So right. I don't think he was right on that one. <laughs> no, I think that was February 11th, four days after it broke in the Globe and Mail. And yeah. he, like other cabinet ministers who were being asked, was really trying to downplay it. So uh, they wishful thinking. Yeah, wishful yeah. thinking. But, but they are, they do seem to be back on track. Jody Wilson Raybould is not really uh, the, na- the name that we're hearing in the news the way we were I delivering think it's it. Starting to die down. I, but I was just in BC and I can assure you she's all. All over the news. Really? There. Still, Still there. Still. But that's BC. Libby Snymer is here with me, as well as uh, Mike Powell, president of the Canadian Federation of Pensioners, reacting to this morning's talk here at the Zoomerplex by the finance minister, Bill Morneau. Uh, what is still lacking? Uh, maybe, Mike, explain for us specifically in terms of protecting pensioners, because uh, we've seen it with the Sears people. We've seen it with General Motors. People pay into their pensions for a long, long time. Uh, What can be done more to protect people's pensions, especially when they paid into them? Right. There's a number of alternatives, and we've proposed a few with uh, CARP and some other coalition members. Um, We've talked about having a pension insurance program. The UK has a pension insurance program that basically covers 100% of pension loss. The United States, surprisingly enough, has a pension benefit guarantee corporation 
that doesn't guarantee 100 percent, but if the pension folds when you're 65, it will guarantee up to $65,000 a year, which is far more than even Ontario's pension benefit guarantee fund. So other jurisdictions have managed to protect their pensioners with insurance programs. That's one alternative we put forward. There's something called super priority, and that's something Libby was sort of alluding to, moving pensioners from the bottom of the list to near the top of the list when it comes to settlement. That would be giving extending super priority to that unfunded pension liability. That's another alternative. The third alternative is the federal government could uh, enact a refundable tax credit for the amount of pension loss for the lifetime of the pensioner. That, that, you know, that's not one that we would put first because that's taxpayer dollars. The other solutions we're proposing use sponsor dollars, the people that are supposed to pay into the pension. We want to use those dollars. But there could be a backstop that the government could support. So there are ways of ensuring that the pensioners are protected as they go forward. And when you think about it, when a company becomes insolvent, uh, say, say you lose 30, 40% of your pension. You lose 30 or 40% of your pension for the rest of your life. If you are a supplier to that company, if you're on the ball, you've been tightening your terms as that company's been struggling. You might only have 60 days of receivables on the table. 60 days receivables on the table that you might lose. Pensioner, 30 years of obligation that you lose, but you lose that 30% for the rest of your life. If that supplier loses 30% on their 60 days, they don't have to reduce their prices 30% for the rest of their existence. They get to go back to charging whatever they charge. So it, it's a quite a different situation that pensioners find themselves in versus the other stakeholders in insolvency. I want to talk about uh, advocacy uh, and the Canadian Federation of Pensioners. How much, how much um, power do they have in trying to change policy? Uh, how much is the organization in terms of embracing all the people that it provides interest for? How does that affect change? Are they, are they listening to you? Um, they're listening to us. Um, even uh, Minister Morneau uh, mentioned that he is aware of our advocacy, and that this was actually the first time I, I physically met him. Um, and so the Canadian Federation of Pensioners has been sort of a the point of the arrow in a lot of these discussions. But We've really had to reach out to other groups like CARP, like the National Pensioners Federation, uh, like a number of other like-minded organizations to build the numbers. And then it becomes simply advocacy by meeting with your local MPs and candidates, meeting with the bureaucrats in the appropriate ministries, and just continuing to push that message forward in, in that broad spectrum, and then they do respond. And again, there were changes made to insolvency legislation in this budget, and that hasn't happened to the insolvency legislation in a long time. And I would credit that with the work that the groups that are involved in this effort have made. Libby, I would certainly say you and I both know from being in the same building as CARP how much influence they have on politicians of all levels. Absolutely. Uh, we hope so. Yeah. And uh, I think it, it comes down to the numbers. I mean, first of all, CARP is organized. And second of all, as I said, our demographic votes. You know, a, a lot of political parties want to appeal to a younger demographic. And by the way, I don't think that that's necessarily opposed. But at the end of the day, they don't come out and vote. So... Well, I'm wondering why they're not calling. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, the fact that you're not calling for this, uh, the phone lines were all lit up there for the health minister and uh, for Marit Stiles. I think Stiles. that's a more immediate 
It's an immediate thing, but I'm wondering, you know, um, the fact that you're not calling means maybe you're happy with the Trudeau liberals. Uh, The SNC-Lavalin scandal aside, maybe you're good to reelect them. You like what they're doing for you uh, as maybe a younger Zoomer. You like maybe what they're doing for your aging parents, helping them out. You know what? I I Actually, Uh the general sense I get is that a lot of the people who call us are actually, they tend to be conservative and they might be a little more concerned about the deficit, which is the other side of things, of course, and which is a lot higher than the Liberals said it would be. That's that's a big issue for a lot of Canadians. There's carbon tax. I mean, at this this very moment, I would say that carbon tax, well, it's certainly going to be in the top three of issues. We had an opportunity with the finance minister, and that's probably what the liberal strategy is is to go to various groups and try to appeal on a, a range of kind of more specialized issues. Well, surprise, surprise, you're calling in. I thought you might. <laughs> 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Do you like what the Trudeau Liberals have done, especially with regards to policies for older Canadians? Let's go to Joan in North York. Joan, go ahead. Yes, you want to know if I'd vote for Trudeau. Right. No way. First of all, I'd like to know what he's doing with this carbon tax. Is he just putting it in general funds? He's got us so in debt. How are children and grandchildren going to survive with the debt he's put us in? And what's he showed for it? I'm not really sure. So if you want to know if I'd vote for him, no way. I didn't Uh vote for his father, and I'm not voting for him. And the thing is, when I was growing up, I grew up under the poverty line. So I I never used anything in excess and grew my own stuff. So this carbon tax, I'm not sure, you know, what he's doing about it. I think most of the carbon's coming from China. So anyway, I'm very emotional about him because he's doing bugger all, excuse my language. All right, Joan. (laughs) Thank you for voicing your opinion. Thanks for picking up the phone. Let's go to Deborah in Georgetown. Deborah, what do you think about the Trudeau Liberals? Um, Right now, he's just buying votes. I'm with that last lady. I mean, do the carbon thing promises our own money back, so you've hired people to take our money and give it back. Where is the savings? It's not going to do anything. He's throwing everything at us right now because he knows there's an election in October. It's a little too late. Um, we're fed up. Libby, does that and, make sense, what Deborah's saying in terms of buying votes? Uh, well, yeah. Well, you know what? They all do that. They Frankly, all do that. They yes. all do that, except sometimes, you know, like we saw in the provincial election, people really felt it was time to get rid of the government. So not so much. The Conservatives had to. But I, I, I think I know our audience, so I'm not surprised. And I'm looking at the people waiting uh, for you to take their calls and uh, they're mostly against, though I think I see one there saying we'll definitely be voting Liberal. Oh, that would be Sharon in Oakville. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to Fight Back. Oh, thank you very much, Libby. Um, yes, I'm a political junkie. I listen, I, I listen to the radio. I read the papers. And in that scandal, I know that I read that 96% of the cases are, from the U.S. are settled out of court. of the cases worldwide are settled out of court. And there was um, an article on the the Globe 
where um, our high-powered lawyer, um, Brian, uh, Brian Greenspan, wrote his opinion of Jody Wilson-Raybould that she did not, did not do her job. And at this point, I absolutely am a liberal. I will vote for the liberals. I am for climate change. I'm sorry, there's just so much in the conservative government that they are not doing properly. I could never vote for them. Sharon, you got Jane and Libby together here today. Uh, what do you think about the policies for older Canadians? I think that they're doing quite well, actually. I'm, but then I'm, we're not a poor family. Um, we've all done well. Kids are in university, like grandchildren are all in university. And at that point, money is not super tight. But I do care. Healthcare is a big issue uh, for me. I know that I almost died a few years ago, and they were just absolutely fabulous here in Oakville. Oh, that's great. Uh, and saved my life. So at this point, I really have nothing to complain about. Okay, thanks for calling. Hey, thank you. Let's go to Donna and Guelph. What do you think about the Trudeau Liberals, and specifically around policies for Zoomers? I don't want anything from the government. I want the budget balanced, and I don't think that's going to happen. Because Justin Trudeau says the budget balances itself. That was a clip uh, that many say was taken out of context, but I take your point. That well, they're not balancing it. Till, they, no. What, 2024? That promise in 2015 has not come to fruition. Right, but they updated it in the last budget. So that's not happening anytime soon. Well, before we moved on here to our final segment, uh, we do want to talk about what sounds like an update to the Honey and Barry Sherman murder case, double murder case. Um, just some final thoughts from both uh, Libby Snymer and uh, Mike Powell. Mike Powell, president of the Canadian Federation of Pensioners. What are you looking for? forward to, I mean, if you say your priority item to pushing the Trudeau Liberals on, uh, and for that matter, the opposition Conservatives and the NDPs as well. Right. We, 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 we meet with all parties uh, looking for policy direction going into this uh, next election. And uh, we're, we're looking for someone to step up and address proper pension protection. Pensioners should get what the commitment was made to them, uh, regardless of the status of the company. And whichever party kind of de- deals with that, uh, we will be letting our members know. And Libby Snymer? Well, I think it was great that he was here. I mean, basically for us, it's a chance to get our dibs in before they formulate their platform for the next election. It will be full of goodies, I'm sure. And again, uh, one of the things that I'm hoping that we get from government at all levels is a shift from saying, we're, we're going to help our most vulnerable seniors, which is very important to, we have to help shift the whole life cycle to accommodate these wonderful longer lives. That's right. We have to pay for our long lives. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Libby. Libby will be back tomorrow with Free For All Friday. That's right. And Mike Powell, thank you to thank you. you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.